Hello, welcome to the Youth for Yahweh podcast. My name is Ivana and I'm the host of this podcast and today we're going to be talking about ooh, we're going to be talking about faith and faithfulness. Recently, I have been walking with God in the book of Genesis and what prompted me to start reading Genesis was when I was reading Luke actually. So, I was in the book of Luke chapter 1 and this was talking about Zachariah and Elizabeth, who were John the Baptist's parents. So I was reading through it and I came across this verse when it said that Zachariah's mouth was sealed shut until the prophecy of John the Baptist was fulfilled. So, oh my gosh. So I was like, okay. I was kind of like confused because Zachariah and Elizabeth were similar to Abraham and Sarah. If you don't know the story of either, I'm just going to break it down. So Zachariah and Elizabeth were very old when they had John the Baptist as their son. At this time, um, Angel Gabriel came to Zachariah in the temple. I may open that verse with my Bible so I don't give inaccurate it was Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read with the King James translation. So. Okay. So I'm going to start from... Verse 5, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah, as of the course of Abia and his wife was, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blamelessly. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both now stricken in years meaning they were very old. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God, that means he was doing his priestly duties in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his loss was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at at the time of incense. And there... And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zachariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. I'm going to stop here and then just walk through it. So the angel said that, Fear not, your prayers have been answered. That should have been confirmation enough for Zachariah. But if you know this book of Luke, this chapter of Luke, you know that Zechariah was really doubtful. Let's continue. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his verse. I mean, at his birth. <laughs> For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and, now, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall, shall he turn to the Lord their God. 
and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the, unto the angel, Whereby shall I know of this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. So, many translations, different translations says, how can I be sure of this? The message translation says that, NLT, I think, says, um, how will I know this is true? Something like that, you know? Basically, it's just like his tone was really doubtful. He was like, you're telling me this, but how can I be sure? Because I'm old. He was giving reasons why what he, the angel of God is saying could be false. So angel, got, angel Gabriel got offended. He was like, I don't want to read the King James Version. My mouth is going to hurt. But anyways, he was like, I am, I am Angel Gabriel, sentinel of the Lord. I stand in the presence of the Lord and blah, 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 blah. And he spe- sent me specially to come and give you this message. And you doubt me? Something like that, you know? So he, Gabriel was like surprised. Like, why are you doubting the power of the Lord? So this is where I was confused because like... This is where I was confused because... Abraham and Sarai, or rather Sarah, Sarai, Sarah, they had the same sort of doubt that Zechariah appears to have here. Sarai laughed at God. Like, you know, so I was confused. Like, why did you strike um, Zechariah with muteness, but not um, Abraham, you know? So I called my dad about it, and he was like, the reason why there's a difference in faith is because one, Abraham, let me talk about Abraham first. Abraham was brought out of a family of idolaters. He was brought out of Ur of the Chaldeans, you know, so he was used to, or rather, because I think it says that he forsook the worship of moon idols and stuff. But um, his because he was surrounded by all that, he was used to worshiping what he could see. God, he didn't see because, you know, man will not, uh, I'll not bear with man or be with man for any longer because they are sinful. So God's presence was removed from the earth for a while. But sometimes he did appear to Abraham because God loved Abraham, you know? So, um, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham walked blindly and faithfully with the Lord. He didn't have any Bible, any examples before him. He just trusted in God's revealed nature, you know? That was his faith. That's why Abraham was counted as righteous because of his faith. Zachariah, on the other hand, he was he was someone who was a priest. He was a priest already doing priestly duties when the angel gave him the revelation. So it's like, you know, where's your heart? Where's your faith when you're doing the things of God? You're worshiping God, but you doubt him, you know? So Zachariah had the Bible. He was a priest. He had community. Abraham was alone, just him and Sarah. You know, and he was just blindly, not blindly, but like just following God, you know, faithfully trusting in the voice that he heard, faithfully trusting in God's nature. That was all he could depend on. And that's all we should depend on. We shouldn't depend on the pastor that's saying that God is A, B, and C. We shouldn't depend on, you know, what God does for us to make our, to believe in him. Because when God doesn't do what we want, what will we say? Will we now fall away because he's not doing what we want, you know? So back to... Zechariah and Abraham. So 
Angel Gabriel struck Zachariah with um, muteness. He was mute until the prophecy was fulfilled. John the Baptist was given birth to. So, so I just wanted to talk about having, so of being faithful and having faith. They're the same thing, but how I see it, and I think this was a revelation from God, faith produces faithfulness. Um, a few months ago, I asked God to show me to show me what life and life abundantly meant, you know, as Jesus said it, and also to reveal to me um, his goodness, because the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good, you know, and as I was like walking through that, I just realized that faith produces faithfulness, because when you, when you see that the Lord is good, when you have, or rather first, when you have faith, but when you have faith in the revealed nature of God, you know, you're just trusting in who he says he is. Um, you'll become faithful to it. You'll just go with the flow and rely on it, you know. But it's hard for us to do that because we are pe- we are a people that always needs proof of something. That's why a lot of people don't believe in God because he is some someone or something you can't see. But the thing is that a treasure is hidden because it's so valuable. In the same way, in the same way that... God is God's message, God's kingdom message is hidden because it's really valuable, you know. <sighs> yeah, so faith produces faithfulness. So as we're walking through having unshakable faith, I'm just going to continue using Abraham because I've just been walking through Genesis and so on. So um I was on I was in Genesis 22 i believe this was when oh this is when abraham abraham's faith was tested so um this story was when isaac no abraham oh yeah before i get to that abraham god promised abraham many descendants you know and for a long time abraham and sarah didn't have a child so that's why i said sarah laughed at god because god promised abraham a child a year from when he gave the revelation to him. And Sarah was like, how can me, an old woman, have a child? And how can Abraham, an old an old man, have a child, you know? And, um, but God said that, she, but God specifically said to Sarah, like, oh, he, he told Abraham, he was like, Sarah is laughing at me or laughing. She says in her heart, how can I, an old woman, have a child? And God, in that moment when he said that he was like is anything so hard for me you know that verse specifically like it's so warming because he's just reassuring like i am god my nature is faithfulness true truthfulness um you know and god is just saying like is anything so hard for me so abraham's faith and faithfulness because abraham oh so we're trying to break down Faith, having unshakable faith, right? That's the purpose of this episode specifically. And we're using Abraham as an example. I wrote notes down. Abraham's exemplary faith. Um, when I wrote those notes, I hadn't got to this point in Genesis when Abraham was sacrificing Isaac. Um, I remember these verses really clearly. God said to Abraham, Abraham, go and take your son Isaac. Yes, your one and only son whom you love very much. And go to 
one land, I can't remember the name, Mo, Mohar, Mohair or something like that, and sacrifice him on the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got, got up early and took Isaac and two of his servants and, and went to the places that the place that God showed him. It was a three-day journey because it says on the third day, Abraham found the place that the Lord had directed him to. So not only was Abraham told to sacrifice his son, this sacrifice was going to take a three-day journey. Some of us in the midst of it, like, we would just be like, okay, it's taking me too long to get there. Personally, I know that, like, I don't want to say this, but, like, if my faith was where it was a few years ago, um, when I notice that what God is calling me to is taking too long, I'd be like, okay, maybe God isn't asking me to do this. And then I backtrack, you know, but Abraham didn't backtrack. He just trusted in God's voice, trusted in God's word. He said, I will show you the land that you will sacrifice your son, whom you love, your one and only son. So Abraham went for three days, carried Isaac and he got there and saw the land that the Lord had directed him to. So he took Isaac and um, the wood. He placed the wood on Isaac's back. Then he told his servants, he said, you guys wait here. Me and the boy will go and worship the Lord on this mountain. And then we will come back to you. That was a beautiful verse because God told him to sacrifice his son. So how was he so sure, sure enough to tell his servants that, hey, both of us are going to come back to you. So... I think Jackie Hill Perry talked about this in one of her um, videos. She said, um, she said Abraham was probably thinking one or two things. Either God will raise him from the dead or something else. Because he trusted so much in the fact that God had said, I will bring from you multiple, multiple descendants. Like you can't count the stars. You, can't, you won't be able to count your descendants, you know. So Abraham was trusting in God's promise which is why he so faithfully obeyed God. Faith produces faithfulness. Faith produces faithfulness because he had faith in God who had promised him many, many descendants. So he was faithful to whatever God asked him to. Which is why, again, the Bible says that um, God, God said that in the same Genesis 22, God said, I will surely give you multiple descendants because you have obeyed me, because you did not withhold even your one and only son from me. Now I know that you truly fear the Lord. In Genesis 22, that's what it said. Faith produces faithfulness. So, so cultivate this kind of faith that Abraham has because we're trying to create a kingdom culture amongst the youth. And that starts with faith. Abraham was not relying on... Abraham was not waiting on what God had promised. Rather, he was waiting on what God... Rather, he was relying on, on God's nature, you know, I know I've been in a place where it's like I asked God for something and my faith didn't come until I received it. But Hebrews 4 says faith is now faith is the assurance in things hoped for. No, now faith is confidence in what is hoped for and assurance in things unseen. And when I read that, when I reread that verse like a couple of times, I just thought like faith is the evidence of the things we don't see. Because I have faith in this thing I don't see or don't see yet, that means it's real. Because someone that has so much faith in something, it's either they're mad or it's true. Either they're crazy or it's true, you know? So Abraham, Abraham's faith is exemplary because 
because it is because he didn't trust in he didn't wait for God to bring all his descendants because he didn't even he didn't even live to see multiple of his descendants he only saw Isaac and I believe that's it Isaac and maybe his wife Rebecca he didn't see the millions of descendants that came from his seed but he trusted God's word. That's the kind of faith we need to have. We shouldn't be waiting on the gift that we are asking God for, but rather waiting, I mean, but rather, rather putting faith in his true and faithful nature. Because Exodus 13, where is it? Exodus 15, verse 13 says, With your unfailing love, you lead the people you have redeemed in your might. You guide them to your second to your sacred home. God's nature is un unfaith is faithful and unfailing. He is true. He's just, you know, and we should just put our faith in that because that's the only sure and true thing we can rely on. Other things will just disappoint us. Taste and see that the Lord is good and you will know faith produces faithfulness. I know I keep repeating it, but like I'm trying to that's what we need to focus on in order to create the kingdom culture that we need to create as a youth. So having that unshakable faith is, one, trusting in God's nature rather than waiting on the gift that he promised. Because if you continue to wait, you're gonna you're probably going to be waiting for a long time because God will see that you're not ready. God will just see that, like, you're rather waiting for the gift, you know, in order to trust in him. And even when you receive the gift, will you even thank God for it? That's why... um. You have to keep reminding yourself. I remind myself, you know, when I'm asking for something, I just need to remind myself, like, am I ready for the thing I'm asking for? Um, is my heart in the right place to receive it? Because if I get it, who who, who will I start praising? Or will, will I start praising myself? Or will I be giving all glory to God? Will I remember all the nights I prayed and cried and fasted for it? Or will I just continue to, would I just like immediately focus on the gift that God has given me? Is your heart in the right place to receive it? Where is your faith? Hmm. Another example of faith in Genesis is when um, Abraham asked his servant to get a son, to get a wife for Isaac. So it's between this, this example is showcased in both the servant and Abraham. So Abraham told his servant, um, Promise me, like he was like, you come here and swear, put your hand on my under my thigh and swear an oath to me and before the Lord my God and stuff. So, so he was like, promise me that you will not take that you will get a wife for Isaac, not from these Canaanite women that we reside with, but rather from my hometown and my people, you know. And the servant was like, what if the girl doesn't want to travel with me all this way from your hometown? What if I go there and the girl doesn't want to come back with me? And he was like, and Abraham responded saying, um, oh no, the servant continued to say like, okay, what if the girl doesn't want to come back with me? What should I do? Should I bring Isaac back to your hometown or what? And Abraham said, surely you will not do that because the Lord has promised me to give, has promised me and my descendants this land that we, that we live in. So if you take Isaac back, you're going to be backtracking the promise that God has already said. You're going to be slowing down the promise. And that verse sort of stuck to me because it's like sometimes we get into situations where we feel feel obliged to go back to um, 
certain lifestyles or certain things that God has pulled us out of, you know, and in the name of Jesus, none of us will ever fall for that trick because that is a trick of the devil. That's a lie of the devil. You know, if God has pulled you out of somewhere, it means that there's something better ahead of you. And it means that where you were before is drowning you and stuff. God will never backtrack you. He will never cause you to backtrack rather because it's like, I pulled you out of here. Why would I take you back? In the sense like, you know, this lifestyle is not for you. Not that anything else. But sometimes the devil may try to oblige us, give us situations where we feel like we have to go back to a certain place that God had to drag us out of or a certain friendship, a certain uh, group, a certain lifestyle, behavior that God had to literally pull us out of. But then so, so all of a sudden, you know, um, a situation pops up, maybe a friend found themselves back there and now you feel obliged to go there. No, you have to pull your friend the same way God pulled you, you know, never, never given to the obligation to go back to a lifestyle or a place that God has pulled you out of. That's what Abraham, that's what I got from that situation where Abraham told the servant that like, you cannot take my son back to my hometown because this is the land that God has brought me to. That is the land that God brought me out of to give me this land. If you take him back, then that promise is going to be slowed down, you know. So that's just something I wanted, something I wanted to add. Um, but yeah, Abraham made this his servant promise that he would not take Isaac back there, but rather bring a wife for him to the Canaanite, Canaan land, the land of Canaan. Um, and where faith is showcased in this story is that, you know, Abraham was sure that God said, Abraham continued to show his trust in what God had said. You know, this is the land that God is going to give me and I be, I'm believing him from it. If you take my son back, you know, what will happen? I want to continue to remain faithful to God. That's sort of like, that's what he was saying. I want to continue to remain remain faithful to to God and faithful to the land that he has brought me to. If my son, my descendant, went back to where God pulled me out of, like, what will happen to the land that God was meant to give me and my descendants, you know? So the servant now said, okay, you know, I, he went to his, to Abraham's hometown. And before he went to the outskirt of the town and he went to a well, because at this time, that's when the ladies were coming out to fetch some water. So he, before he, you know, interacted with anyone, he prayed this prayer. He was like, Oh Lord God of my master Abraham, um, please show unfailing love to my master and do this thing for me. Um, my master wants a son, for, wants a wife for my son Isaac. For oh my gosh, wants a wife for his son Isaac. Yes, and the look, the maidens are coming. Let me just read the verse. The maidens of the town are coming out now to fetch some water. And he basically asked God to confirm this. He was like, if I ask any of these ladies um, to give me some water and they, uh, and they as well give me some water for my camel, then confirm to me that this is the wife of Abraham's son Isaac. Let me find it. 22. Oh, not 22, 24. 
Okay. Oh, ye King James. Okay, from chapter Genesis 24. Yeah, let me go to the particular prayer that the servant, you know, prayed. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let sh let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby I shall know that you have showed kindness to my master. And it came to pass before he had even before he had even finished speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. So, let me just go back to when Abraham was even making this request to his servant. He said, because the Abra um, Abraham's servant was um, doubting or like worrying, he was like, what if, I, what if the maiden I choose doesn't come back with me, doesn't want to come back with me? Abraham now said, don't worry, the angel of the Lord will go before you and, you know, appoint the person. And if not, then don't, don't, if not, then you are free from my oath. But make sure you don't, you don't take Isaac back there. And surely the angel of the Lord was there because before he had even finished praying, Rebecca, who was a relative of Abraham through Bethuel and Milcah, um, had had already started coming down to the well before the servants had even finished praying. So, faith is shown here. The, um, the servant's faith is shown here because he was asking for a confirmation. He was, you know, he asked God, like, if I ask any of these ladies, like, for water and they add on water to even my camels, let this be the person you choose. But even when Rebecca had done all that he had, Ask God to confirm through the person he chose, if that makes sense. Like, Rebecca had given him water and even gave his camels water. But it says somewhere in verse 20. Okay. And the man wondering at her held his place to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. So the servants were still looking at Rebecca, wondering whether this was the man... I mean, this was the lady that was appointed for Isaac and if his trip was successful or not. And when he all his camels had finished drinking, that's when he found the confirmation, I guess. He was like, and it came to pass as the camels had done drinking that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for their for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold, and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? You know, and then she said, and she and she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Milcah, which she bare unto Nahor. Nahor was Abraham Nahor is Abraham's brother. So Abraham's so God was answering Abraham's prayer and also answering um the servant's prayer. Abraham's prayer was that Isaac will get a wife from one of his relatives. The servant's prayer was that God will confirm this, um, will make his trip successful through confirmation of the, pers the person 
the person that he chooses, or rather the person that gives him water, their nature, her nature. And even and because of um Ab- Abraham's servant's faithfulness to both God and Abraham, God showed favor to the servant and you know, they provided him with a room for both his camels and himself. So the the servant was really happy because the way he testified was like, yeah, the Lord did this for me. He just gave it in so much detail. He gave his testimony to Rebecca and her family, um, Laban, Laban, her brother, and so on, testifying of the goodness and faithfulness of the Lord to both to Abraham and to himself because God showed the confirmation to him and showed his unfailing love to Abraham as the servant desired for him to show, prayed for him to show. So exemplary faith is shown in this because sometimes we we feel like we can't, you know, ask God for confirmation because Matthew 4 says, do not test the Lord that God. But then we forget about Gideon in Judges, in Judges 6, who tested God, you know, he asked for a confirmation. And in the same way, this servant also asked God for a confirmation of his trip. Like, is my trip going to be successful? If it is, then do this for me through the person you have chosen to be Isaac's wife. So, First John 4 says, test the spirits. First John 4 says, test the spirits. So, in testing the spirits, you're not, you're not doubting God. You're just seeking confirmation. And that's faithfulness to God because you're showing that you do not want to discern wrongly and sin against God. You're showing that you want to follow only what God says because, you know, somewhere in John, the Gospel of John, Jesus says, my sheep will know me by my voice. So when you're testing the spirit, testing the voice, like someone or something in your heart or something in your mind tells you to do A, B, and C, you have to test that because where is that voice coming from? Where is that voice coming from? You can't just follow every single voice you hear because the mind is corrupted and the heart is poisonous and deceptive. So, faith produces faithfulness. I don't know why that's happening. but Faith produces faithfulness. Testing and con- asking for confirmation produces faithfulness and more faith because you see that you can seek God and His true nature and not what not a tainted one that the mind may try to make up for you. So, hmm, producing that exemplary faith is one, trusting in God's revealed nature through his word and through the great cloud of witnesses that we have throughout the Bible, as Hebrews 12 says, um, seeking the confirmation that he so freely gives and yeah just following god loving god seeking his nature because when you seek god you will find him the bible says you you will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart today i listened to a podcast that um was talking about the motivation what motivates you to truly to follow god what is the reason you follow Christ is it because of the culture is it because of the benefits is it because of is it because you truly want to see God taste and see that God is good you know 
And when you when you have the right motive, you produce the kind of faith that you need to have to walk in purpose. Hmm. When you have the right motive, you will produce the kind of faith that you need to have in order to walk walk in purpose. Because although we're all meant to oh damn. Although we're all we all have the same faith in Jesus Christ. But um there's a I don't want to say meter, but there's a difference between Abraham's faith and Zachariah's faith, which is what we started with. Why was Zachariah doubting God when he had Abraham who was in the same exact situation as him? You know? In the same way, why did Abraham believe in God when he didn't have any other person to look look behind and say, Oh, this guy believed God and all this happened to him so I can follow I can follow in his footsteps and believe in God, you know? There's a certain level of not a certain level of faith, but the same, the same kind of faith one needs to have to work walk in something. In the same way, like the other day I was um I was just praying and asking God like why did he love Abraham so much, you know, because all the time God would be confirming his promises to Abraham. And God just whispered in my heart and said, It's because I loved Abraham the way Abraham needed to be loved. The same way like I remember reading somewhere that um it said that God loves everyone as if they were the only person on earth. God loves everyone and everyone individually. So in the same way, because he knows your nature, he knows the way you need to be loved. And the same way you have that nature, he you know the kind of faith you need to have. He knows the kind of faith you need to be producing in order to keep walking with him. So it's all about trusting God's nature, reading his word, seeking him for who he truly is, who he has been revealed to be in the in scripture, asking him questions even when it doesn't feel like he's answering because then that's cultivating faith, you know, seeking God to truly know God even when it feels like nothing's going on or nothing's happening. Because the same Abraham that walked with God faithfully god was silent to him silent with him for 13 years in genesis 16 17 it says that god appeared to abraham when he was 99 but god did not but um in genesis 16 we only heard of um god appearing to abraham again when he was 86 so that's 13 years of nothing happening and this was after ishmael had been born to abraham so to conclude, I just um want to say that faith is the foundation of everything, you know. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because one must go to God with the belief that he exists, you know. So try working on your faith, knowing what motivates you, where your heart is, you know, test test yourself, check yourself and stuff because knowing where you stand with God will enable him to work and walk in your life. So I pray that this podcast blesses you. This is my first episode. I'm going to cry. But um, yeah, I pray that this podcast blesses you. Let's continue to create kingdom culture amongst the youth. Bye-bye.